eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue. blue. This, this is, pod, is the pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Another week, another streak. CJ Stewart, Tommy Beer, Orange and Blue Bloods. Thank you guys for checking us out. Of course, this is Odyssey WFN Original, focused on the New York Knicks. We got a lot to talk about. On this episode, we'll be talking about this Knicks win streak. They're now at three games after beating the Denver Nuggets. So we'll talk about how they got that win on Saturday, the return of Jalen Brunson, a bounce-back game for Mitchell Robinson. We'll also be talking about the game they have coming up this Monday night. They're playing against the Minnesota Timberwolves, a team that's kind of limping into this game. They have one key injury. They have not played good basketball, so the Knicks could have an opportunity to extend this win streak in this game against the T-Wolves. And we'll give a little breakdown of one of the most important figures uh, in the New York Knicks organization, Leon Rose, and the job that he has done. Should he be in the conversation for executive of the year? We'll talk about all that and more on Andre Blue Bloods. Tommy, how you feeling, my man? Feeling good, my guy. Uh, first weekend of March Madness in the books and the Knicks playing important games uh, in March, it's uh, you know, you know, it's funny, EJ. We're planning my um, little man's birthday. Little Tommy is gonna turn four next awesome. month. Um, uh, April tenth is his birthday, so we're you know we're figuring out weekend before, weekend after, Saturday, yada yada yada. And I had to think to myself, okay, I hope this party doesn't interfere with game one of a wow. Knicks playoff series. And it's been a long time. My daughter's eight. We've planned many a party and never, you know, and, and communions and all the <laughs> baptisms and all the stuff that goes on this yeah. time of year. Haven't had to think about um, a Knicks playoff, but we are on course for a, a Knicks playoff series. Um, we'll talk about the Nets losing a couple games, um, yeah. really struggling. Um, so uh, it, and, and most importantly, uh, as far as this pot is concerned, the Knicks are trending in the right direction. Once again, got Jalen Brunson back. Um, and, and this team is looking good, EJ. Um, we should have a, a fun little spring ahead of us. Absolutely. It's crazy. I saw the ESPN playoff like predictor indicator had the Knicks well above 99.9% chance at this point of making the playoffs. So it is indeed real. The Knicks are indeed back and the garden should be rocking. 
in uh, just about three weeks now as we, we barrel towards the playoffs. So this is Orange Blue Bloods and New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey WF and Original. It's a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service so you can get these episodes every time we drop. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube as well. We're on the Odyssey Sports channel and soon to be as well on the WFAN channel. We're now on there already. Make sure you guys subscribe to WFAN as well because we'll be popping up on there as well. So Odyssey Sports and WFAN for YouTube. Anywhere you get your podcast, listen to the audio version of these episodes. Let's begin this episode talking about this Knicks win and this win streak. Knicks now three-game winning streak after knocking off the Denver Nuggets at the Garden on Saturday. New York was powered by a second-half comeback in which they were down 13 points in this game. The returning Jalen Brunson, who had been out with a foot injury for the past week or so, uh, he scored 24 points, leading the Knicks in scoring in this game. He had a blistering first quarter in which he scored 16 points. Uh, Looked like he picked up right where he left off from the injury. Um, He had some clutch free throws in this one. Um, he had a big-time alley to Mitchell Robinson to seal this win for the Knicks. R.J. Barrett, another solid game. He pitched in with 21 points. Julius Randle had 20 for Denver. Jokic, 24, 10, and 8. But it wasn't necessarily a dominant performance we've been seeing from Jokic for much of this season. Mitchell Robinson um, really uh, made him work for his baskets. He struggled a little bit down the stretch, scoring over Mitchell Robinson's length. So uh, Mitch... Uh, helping out on both ends of the court here. And then Jamal Murray ended up leading all scorers for the Denver Nuggets with 25. So just uh, off rip, I mean, the Knicks beating the number one team in the Western Conference. I know the Denver Nuggets, as we talked about last week, had been struggling. But this felt like a game in which the Denver Nuggets were playing pretty well. Uh, They got up by 13 points. The Knicks were able to battle back and win. How impressed were you by this Knicks win? Yeah, good point, EJ. This wasn't a game that the Nuggets lost. The Knicks won this one. Um, You know, Nuggets, best team in the Western Conference all season. Yes, they've struggled of late, um, but they won early this week. They beat up on a bad Pistons team, played well against the Knicks. And then on the second day of a back-to-back in Brooklyn um, against a Nets team with the rest advantage, took care of business, easily easily beating Brooklyn. Um, Final score was a little bit closer um, than the game was. You know, the the Nuggets were up 20, you know, double digits for most of the second half and, and 20 points in the second quarter. So, um, again, they have the, you know, two-time MVP, possibly three-time MVP. Jamal Murray played very well, hit four of his four yeah. first three-pointers, um, looked sharp. Michael Porter Jr. shooting the ball at a high clip, um, which is no surprise. when he, Whenever he's on the floor, he plays well. Um, you know, they got Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown. They got guys, as their record would indicate. But the Knicks just, um, you know, as the Kansas, coach, Kansas State coach said yesterday, we got dudes over here. Um, and, 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 <laughs> yeah. and, and the Knicks got guys that that can play with them and, and starting off right from the first quarter. Um, every you know, Nick fan kind of anxiously hoping Jalen Brunson looks good, looks solid, comes right out of the gate, scores 16 points like he never left. You could tell that he certainly looked like he missed playing on the garden floor, playing in NBA yeah. games. Um, got back, looked good, um, which was a very encouraging sign. And uh, yeah, I, I thought you mentioned um, the play of you know, obviously, um, you know, you. you uh, you got 20 plus points from Brunson, Randall, and uh, um, and Barrett, which, yeah. which is certainly welcome. The eighth time this season that they're that those three guys have each scored 20 plus points, and then you got the center combination, um, holding Jokic, as you mentioned. Um, Jokic is playing at such a high level that he they actually held him below his average in points, assists, yeah. and rebounds. 
Um, so, uh, so a job well done. And we saw him kind of, you know, do what he does against the Nets the next day against Nick Claxton, um, who's, you know, in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Um, you know, Jokic had his way with Claxton. So credit to uh, Mitch Robinson coming back after a little kerfuffle, little issues on social media this week. Um, and Hardenstein obviously continues to play at a very high level. So um, all around good team win. Um, we didn't even mention Josh Hart. We'll talk about yes. him. He continues to be really, um, you know, just a just a, such an important contributor on both ends of the floor. Really can't say enough about that dude. Yeah, I mean, Josh Hart continues to make an impact in this one. Um, 13 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Another one of those games where it's like he played great in the box, box score does reflect that. But oftentimes you don't need to look at the box score to know how well he played. You could just watch the game and see the impact he had. Three steals in this one as well. He was great and what what i love what i what i what i take from a lot of these games especially against the really good teams is i like to see what the opposing teams are saying about your team because in some ways that kind of gives you a great indication as to just how effective your team can be and i, I thought the way uh michael malone talked about this game and you kind of mentioned how you know it wasn't really as much like the the nuggets lost this game was more about the Knicks kind of winning this game that's kind of what what mike malone kind of said he said look these were two really good teams. They got a lot of good players over there. Um, and we came in here, we played well, but, uh, you know, we came up a little bit short. But, you no, know, Mike Malone, he's been really after his team with their effort of late. So he w- if he didn't think his team came up, came out to play and they, they kind of laid down to a team that was much lesser than them, he would have said that. He, he's not someone who mints his words, and that's not what he said at all. I know he uh, thinks very highly of Tom Thibodeau. He worked with Tom Thibodeau in New York, but still – um, I thought that that was uh, was an indicator for just how uh, well the Knicks are playing. Um, and, you know, this game was not the most pretty game. You know, you don't have a guy who had 39 or 40. This was kind of a, a grind out slugfest a little bit, uh, at least in this day and age in the NBA. You know, you see 116, 110. But, you know, in today's NBA, that's what this was. It, it was not going to be a, a game where bats were going to come easy, especially in the second half when the game really started to get uh, bogged down. Definitely kind of a playoff atmosphere we saw on Saturday a little bit here in New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Definitely. Garden was rocking. Um, yeah. you know, it's kind of a sign of things to come. Um, and yeah, I think that's a good point. Like the kind of the playoff, this had a playoff feel to it, not only the atmosphere, but the slow down, little pace was slowed down a little bit. Um, Denver's been, you know, the best offense in the league uh, th- this season. Um, and the Knicks kind of made them grind it out a little bit. Um, and that's bodes well for, cause that's kind of the way that things trend in the playoffs, especially when you play teams five, six, seven times in a row, game slows down, you know what the other, you know, you know what the other team's going to run. Um, you just got to get there and stop it. And I think that's kind of the recipe for the Knicks success out rebound teams. They out rebounded the nuggets by 10. Um, they had twice as many steals. They had three times as many blocks, you know, get after it defensively, play with effort, challenge uh, shooters, close out on shooters. And that's what we saw. Um, two things. Um, uh, you mentioned Michael Malone's comments. Um, it's good. 
have you brought that up because I, I also found some of the remarks he had that were interesting. Um, as you note, um, Malone has some experience in New York. His father, Brendan yeah. Malone, was on the Knicks staff during the 90s. Um, Mike Malone talked about shooting around, you know, w- with his dad before games yeah. in the Garden and how Tibbs was really an important figure in his coaching development. Um, and one of the comments that he that he made that I found really interesting, and I plan on writing about it sometime soon, was um, he said to the effect of, I, I should have brought the quote up, but basically the, 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 the crux of his statement was, we ask players to improve all the time. You know, in other words, uh, Jason Tatum's got to work on a step. You, you know, the great players, all the good, all the good players. Um, you know, RJ Barrett's got to work on his free throws. He's improved that every every summer. Somebody adds something to their game. Good players do. And he said we should expect the same for coaches. You know, Tips came into the league kind of you know under had the reputation as a defensive coordinator, but you know the Knicks are top five in offensive efficiency and they're outside the top ten in defensive efficiency. And basically, what he said was. Coaches have to get better, too. Coaches have to adjust. Um, and, uh, you know, Tibbs has received criticism, you know, during his time. He's yeah. also been credited. But, you know, he has received criticism in the past. And I think he deserves credit. And we've given him credit when it went yeah. to uh, for making adjustments here along the way. Um, and the other thing just uh, from this game and, uh, you know, a common denominator on the pods we've done uh, since uh, February 11th. Uh, when the Nick, when Josh Hart made his made his debut for the Knicks, um, Knicks are twelve and three in those games. Um, it's the second best record in the NBA during that stretch. Um, the the Sixers thirteen and three are their only team with a better record. Um, uh, the Knicks are nine and zero in games in which Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson have both played um, a full game. That doesn't include the Kings loss where where uh, Brunson played just the first half. But in games mm-hmm. where both players have started and finished those contests, they're nine and zero. In fact, the last time the those two guys have played together and lost the game was in the NCAA's against Wisconsin mm-hmm. two thousand seventeen. Wow. Um, you know, I, I looked at the numbers there, 74 and nine in their last, um, uh, like 85 games or something together. So I know our, I, I, our producer, JJ, it's, it's tough to think about that, that novel, that novel, <laughs> um, but they also got a chip together. Um, and then Brunson went back and got one the next year, but, um, yeah, again, you know, and, and, uh, Hart talked about it. These guys have known each other since they were 14. Um, and just everything that, that Hart brings to the floor um, not only the intangibles but just his his production has, has really been remarkable um, during the last five games he's averaging 11.2 points 60 percent shooting 9.6 rebounds 5.6 assists he's had at least three steals in three of those five games um, I looked it up on basketball reference he's currently just the third player in NBA history with at least eight assists eight points and uh, I'm sorry Eight rebounds, eight points, and four assists off the bench in five straight games. Uh, Larry Bird and Detlef Schrempf, when he won Sixth Man of the Year in 1990, um, is the only other two players in history to do that. So just kind wow. of, you know, again, um, the, the ways he contributes to, you know, uh, uh, both on the floor, off the floor, locker room, um, everything you could have wanted. I think we were high on Josh Hart. We both thought yep. it would be a great move to get him, um, but he's exceeded expectations, if that's possible, thus far, and uh, he's been a key part of this Knicks resurgence, uh, you know, since, since the deadline. And I think what's, what was, what was obvious to me in this game was when the Knicks are whole, you know, I, I kind of you don't like the idea of just looking at only an eye test, but when they're whole and you look at them with Brunson out there and Mitch out there and RJ and Randall and Hart now IQs playing like they're a really talented team. Like I watched them like this team's got a lot of good players. Like this is not a team that's going to be easy for any team just walk in and beat like they got a lot of guys you got to try to take away 
Um, a lot of guys, they impact the game in different ways. Um, guys who can impact the game on the glass. Guys that can impact the game defending the rim. Guys that can impact the game with their ISO scoring. Guys that can impact the game spot-up shooting. Like, they're, 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 they're not a team where you say take one or two things away. Okay, we're going to win this game. Um, the, the Knicks can find a way to win multiple ways. And here, watching this game, they went down 13 points. And I had no doubt that they were going to make this a serious run. And I, I knew that they were going to be in this game, which is a testament to the talent that they put together. Because a lot of years, they, we've seen the quote-unquote fake comebacks from this uh, team and from this uh, organization where you say, okay, you're down. They may make a comeback. You know, they no way they're going to win. Like, I went down 13 against the best team in the West, and I'm sitting there saying, I still think they can win this game. I still think they're going to make a big run. I think it's going to be a real, real run. I don't think this is going to be a maybe they cut it to five and then they lose this one. I still think they can win this game. And uh, Credit to them for, for coming through here. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the thing, it's, especially in the playoffs, when you have, you know, they're not a, a D'Antoni Rockets team where if you take away the three-pointer, they're dead in the water. Right. Or, uh, you know, or even the Knicks teams of the past where if you get get you have Ewing on an off night or you have a, an Akeem to slow him down, it's very difficult for other guys to step up and score 20-plus points. Um, Knicks can beat you in a bunch of different ways, and a lot of that stuff travels. That's one of the reasons why they've had success on the road. So that's great to see. Yeah, they they pounded the they pounded the uh they pounded the the Nuggets on the glass in this one. Forty three rebounds compared to thirty three in this one, and that's a testament to like you saying being able to win in multiple ways. Uh, the Knicks shot only nine for thirty two from three in this game. Most of the time in a game in the NBA, if you only make nine threes and you shoot twenty eight percent from three, uh, that's almost an automatic L in today's NBA. But not with the way this Knicks team can play because they could say, okay, we're gonna lean on our defense, or we're gonna lean on on pounding the offensive glass. And they'll find a way to get their way. They also had, uh, um, you know, only had 12 turnovers. They're a team that's, that's always been a low turnover team. So they, they, they're they a really good team. And and this win was uh, definitely a testament to that. So the Knicks come out with a big one at the Garden. Uh, 116-110 was the final in that one. So we come into Monday night. as when we're recording this podcast Monday afternoon here. Uh, Knicks back in action uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the T-Wolves are 35 and 37 and fighting for not just their playoff lives. They're not fighting for their play in live. So um, things not looking good for Minnesota right now. They currently sit in ninth in the Western Conference. They're expected to be without all-star Anthony Edwards. He hurt his ankle last week. He's now out of the walking boot, which was a pretty big development because they listed him as out indefinitely um, over the weekend, and he's already out of the walking boot. Now, I saw reporting saying that they would expect him to still not play Monday night, but um, but we'll see if that actually ends up happening. But uh, Ant has been in the walking boot. He came out of the walking boot this weekend, but he has been injured. Uh, they played without him on Saturday. They lost it to Toronto by 15. They've now lost five of their last six games the last time these two teams played. Uh, Knicks won 120-107 on the road. Keys to Knicks win here, Tommy. I mean, the, the T-Wolves, you think, without Anthony Edwards um, and some of the trades that they have made, you know, they you know they brought in Conley, they got rid of uh, D'Angelo Russell. They're not necessarily going to be as high-powered offensively as they've maybe, you know, expected to be. Of course, Cat has been out of the lineup as well. So um, Knicks look good coming into this game, but what, what's it going to take to get a W? Yeah, the, the first and foremost is really importantly, Jalen Brunson has been removed from the injury report. He's not even questionable or probable. That's He's completely loose. 
So that's really good news, and that's a sure sign yet that he's didn't suffer any setbacks Saturday, um, which is really, really important. Obviously, not only short term, but immensely important long term. So very good news on that front. Um, as you know, uh, Timberwolves are listing listing Anthony Edwards as questionable. So the fact that he's not doubtful is a little surprising. Um, as you know, when he went down Friday, it looked like a very serious. It looked injury. serious, yeah, very serious. Obviously, didn't play Saturday. He was out of the walking boot, um, but now he's out of the walking boot I, again. I'd be very surprised if he did play, but. He's still listed as questionable, as is Rudy Gobert, who's also listed as questionable. However, they've attached that questionable tag to Rudy for like three straight weeks. Now he hasn't missed the game in a month, um, so I fully expect him to play. Nas Reed is also questionable, um, but it sounds like he's going to tr- he's trending towards playing as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we'll see how that plays. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, Knicks need to do what they do. They're, they're seven-point favorites. This is another game they should win. Um, you know, keeping uh, Gobert off the glass is going to be important. So so Mitch and, and iHeart will have their hands full. Um, but, you know, again, an older point guard like Connolly is going to have a really tough time guarding um, Brunson, as do most players this day and age. Um, you know, RJ Barrett's trending in the right direction in terms of taking it downhill. Um, as Tibbs talked about after the win on Saturday, um, basically saying when he doesn't mess around and shoot those three pointers, um, you <laughs> yeah. know, he's, he's, a, he's a really talented player. Um, shot 80% inside the arc on Saturday. And I shoot, I think he's shooting 60% on two pointers um, over the last few weeks or so, right around that number. So that's, so that's a, a good sign. Um, hopefully he kind of, you know, puts himself in positions to succeed. Um, and Tibbs, uh, you know, Tibbs, he, Tibbs there saying exactly what we said last week after the Laker game essentially was that you know like when he's not taking threes uh he's a extremely efficient offensive player for the most part totally um if you're looking for um you want to get greedy a little bit um and, and not in addition to a Knicks win it'd be nice to see Grimes start to develop a nice little rhythm offensively um because he yeah. has he struggled a little bit so we'll, we'll see how that plays out yeah, you mentioned Gobert, uh, his ability to uh, defend the rim, his ability to uh, be a, a dominant force on the offensive glass should be another good matchup for Mitchell Robinson. I would think Gobert would be the kind of guy Mitchell Robinson would pattern his game after. Um, in this loss they had against Toronto, Gobert had five offensive rebounds, um, total, 12 total. So that should be a good matchup. You're going to have to keep him off the glass. And that's kind of – that's going to honestly be probably the T-Wolves' like, best chance to win this game. Um, they're going to have to find a way to – uh, get some offensive rebounds because I don't think they had the firepower. You know, if you don't got Cat, if Andy Edwards is not playing, you know, Nas Reed, who's been coming off the bench, I mean, he's been a stud and and, and it's been great to see kid out of LSU. Um, I think he was a little underrated coming in, out of coming out of his draft. He's really developed into a really good player. He's kind of been their their ace really. Um, and we got to see if he plays. Of course, I know you said he was questionable, but like they don't really got enough offense. So it's going to come down to whether or not they can kind of muck up the game. Um, get some offensive rebounds. So I think if you're the Knicks, you just got to play a sound game. You know, you can't get a lot of turnovers. You got to be make sure you're on your P's and Q's when it comes to um, defending the glass, which the Knicks are really good at. And if they go out and they do their thing, like they should win this game. I am interested in some of these matchups. I think uh, the matchups on the on the, in the front court with uh, depending on who guards Randall, I, I, the kid uh, McDaniel's for the uh, T Wolves, another young, athletic, good defender. Can do a lot of things. He may be up against Randall or RJ. Um, Kyle Anderson's always been a, a good player. He's a guy from Jersey, so he's playing back at home. So interesting matchups into this game. But again, I, like the Knicks are in pretty good shape, I feel like, in this one with the T-Wolves slumping right now. 
yeah, this is a game you uh, they should win. You know, make you know yeah. this, is, this would be a bad loss. Um, you're playing a team without its best player, without its all star, um, dinged up with some other injuries. Obviously, without their two best players, without Cat. Yeah, Cat, 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 not playing either. Um, so yeah, this is a game you want to you know you and and this is a you know when the Knicks consider themselves a very good team, great team. You know you know you want to get out in front, um, you know impose your dominance and and let them know. But make no mistake, this is a you know a, a, this at down the stretch, basically every game, not only the Timberwolves play, but the Lakers and the Jazz and the yeah. Thunder and the Warriors. It's like a it's like eleven playoff games, you know, over the next 15, 16 nights uh, for all these teams. You know, as the as the Timberwolves wake up this morning, you talked about it. Not just fighting for the playoff life, their play life. They're basically tied with the with the um, Lakers and the Jazz, uh, uh, thirteen games back. Um, you know, with that 9, 10, 11 seed. One of those teams is probably not going to make it. And then you got the Pelicans 13.5 games back. So assuming yeah. the Thunder take care of business, the Warriors, um, you know, do what they need to do. Uh, they got a winnable game against the Rockets tonight. Um, at basically, every every game's a playoff game for the for the Wolves. So you're going to get there. You know, they're not going to rest any guys. They're not looking ahead towards the, the, the postseason, anything along those lines. Um, they're going to do what they can. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the Knicks, uh, this, this starts a little bit of a streak for New York um, that uh, the bunch of winnable games, I think they have the 27th ranked schedule in terms of difficulty or another way to put it is the fourth easiest schedule the rest of the way. Um, So so that's something to keep an eye on. One other thing I wanted to mention um, on the pod today was Tuesday. um, The Nets host the Cavs. Um, those two teams actually played twice this week, uh, Tuesday and Thursday. So those big games are basically like win-win games for the Knicks. Either the, right. the Nets lose and drop further back behind the Knicks or the Nets beat the Cavs and then the, the Knicks make a little run towards Cleveland at the four seed. Um, so the Knicks have a chance to uh, not only, uh, you know, gain on this game, you know, put some wins, some more wins um, in, in the win column. Now they have 42, the 42 and 30, which means um, they're guaranteed to finish above 500. And uh, Knicks fans out there know that's not something to take for granted no um, not at all if they can win eight of their final 10 they have a chance at a 50 win season which would obviously be nice um but uh again you know just try to put the wins together um they, they should probably you know get some benefit from the uh schedule makers this week with the with the nets and Cavs playing so it's something to keep an eye on as well yeah and it's a credit to the Knicks because they came into uh that stretch when Mitchell Robinson got hurt having like one of the toughest schedules in the yes. NBA and and I know we did this show and we said, uh, look out below, like this might get a little ugly here, like in this month or so that Mitch is going to be out. And they survived that and played really well. And now they're kind of enjoying the fruits of their labor because now they come into the easier part of the schedule towards the end of the season. And now they're fully healthy. So this is a great opportunity for the Knicks. It includes this game uh, Monday night. And to me, this is also when we talk about like the T-Wolves and their conundrum with the Lakers and Jazz and Thunder and Pelicans, like this is essentially what the play-in tournament was designed to do. Um, we come into this week, only four teams are eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers are trying like hell to get themselves out of playoff <laughs> contention. They lost six straight and then pulling guys out of the lineup left and right to get back into the lottery sweepstakes. But like they're still technically in it. Um, the Orlando Magic got 29 wins, and they're still technically in. They're five games out of the last spot in the play-in. So, like, that is, I think, definitely what's best for the NBA, clearly, because now we're seeing a lot of teams, a lot of fan bases still engaged because teams that normally would have rode off, you can't at this point. There are too many teams that are live, and especially in that Western Conference. I mean, again, the difference between the Mavericks at sixth and the Pelicans at twelve 
is two games. So, so like it, it yeah. So like th- this is this every team, almost every team in the West is live at this point. So this is going to be a, a real race to the finish. The, the playing tournament. I know there were some there that were detractors for it, but I think that this season has been definitely the season to say, hey, this is why we have this. A hundred percent. And it's not only the play, the guys in the six, you know, in the, in the eight, nine, 10 that are and 11, 12 that are fighting to get in the play. And then you have the teams five and six that are fighting like heck to avoid slipping into yeah. the second eight spot. So just motivation every which way, you know, in, in years past, you know, if you're a team like the Knicks, you know, yes, you obviously want to finish five rather than six. Or, you know, if you're a team like the Nets, you obviously want to finish six rather than seven. But um, now the motivation is Im- immense for teams like the Heat. And, and that's slugging it out and obviously out West um, to, to avoid the play in tournament as well. Um, you know, years past, you'd have teams like the Sixers and, and Celtics fighting to get that two, three seed, um, you know, but, uh, and that's essentially the, the main motivation. Then you teams around that eight, nine mark. Um, but yeah, credit to the uh, NBA, Adam Silver, those guys. Um, I wasn't sure about it when they first introduced it, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think the lottery flattening has been a big success. Um, yeah. Function with the, the playing tournament has been a huge success, a lot more exciting basketball uh, at the end of the season. And one last note on this, uh, this T-Wolves matchup. I know we I had in the notes about Tibbs and his evol- evolution from there, but essentially you pointed it out very well with the Malone uh, comments, which were very apropos. But I, I did actually want to bring something else up with the T-Wolves and, and talking about them and this trade that they made for Rudy Gobert. I mean, at this point, this has got to go down as one of the worst trades in recent memory, right? I mean, I know, I guess he he signed long-term, so we, they have some more years to maybe figure this out. But you almost get the feeling that they're not even going to wait that long. Like this offseason, there will probably be some major moves to uh, to see if they can maybe move Cat or move maybe Gobert. I don't know. But it doesn't feel like this, this experiment uh, had any chance to work from the beginning, and it has failed miserably. And they gave a lot of draft capital to make this happen. That's the thing. I mean, they didn't, it it was one of those things where, uh, you know, initially um, I thought it was maybe the worst trade I'd seen in five, 10 years. And I wasn't, I mean, it was the common consensus was what on earth are the Timberwolves doing? Um, It just didn't make sense on so many different levels. You're pairing uh, uh, two centers in a league that, you know, prioritizes three point play and, 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 tragi- and positionless basketball. Now you got two centers that are taking up spots on the block. Um, and if they, if Rudy Gobert was a free agent and they were going to sign him to a $120 million four year contract, I would have thought that was a bad contract to sign him to, but th- not only they, in order to pay Rudy Gobert, that contract, given their current roster construction with Carl Anthony Towns, obviously, to, for the opportunity to pay Rudy Gobert that money, they gave up five first-round draft picks, four of them unprotected, and Walker Kessler, who was the, the 25th overall pick in last year's draft, who's yeah. averaging his per 36 minutes are very similar to Rudy Gobert's per 36 yeah. minutes. I mean, seriously, straight up, if you could, if you gave GMs the choice to have uh, 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 Kessler at, uh, you know, three, I don't know what he's making, 2.5 million and 3.5 million next year, or Rudy Gobert at 30 million. A lot of GMs are going to take the younger player who's, yeah. that, who's nine years younger and puts up similar defensive stats. Not, not as good a defensive player, but younger can, you know, it's relatively similar can, you know, offensively, they don't contribute much. Um, it, it is just a nightmare in every way, shape or form. Um, the way the season has turned out has made it look even worse. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, they're going to have to look to break it up. Maybe they get a couple first round picks for Rudy. Um, they flip him this summer. That's probably the best case scenario. Um, I think moving cat, you know, selling low on him would be a mistake. Obviously the Knicks will be uh, in the mix. If he demands a trade or if they put him on the block, um, yeah. you know, that's something we can discuss at, at another date and time. But um, yeah. yeah, it's, it, you know, there's, it's rare where basically everyone covering the league says, Oh my God, this is a terrible trade. And it, not to mention the implications it had kind of the ripple effects. It, clearly influence the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. If that Ruby Gobert trade doesn't happen, the yeah. Knicks, they want to say probably get Donovan Mitchell, but I think it's far more likely. They were on the one-yard line anyway, um, but, you know, I, I, the sense was that Ainge felt emboldened by the by the incredible hold he got from the Gobert deal. Um, it just kind of reset the market. Um, it, it, in a way, I, I you know, we this summer we, we're kind of seeing Lamar Jackson kind of still dangling out there. Yeah. Uh, and he's demanding that he basically his his insisting that he gets paid similar to Deshaun Watson, what it was two hundred thirty million guaranteed, yeah. something ridiculous that kind of reset the market. Um, and it's just and and all the other co- the, in front of his head saying no 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 that's an outlier we can't pay you based upon <laughs> yeah. the, the the idiotic Brown you know the Browns idiotic decision. Um, so sometimes when there's kind of that wild this you know that that wild outlier trade or free agent signing kind of throws a, a, a monkey wrench into all the works, and I think that's what happened summer and i think what was crazy about the trade was we, these are two guys not one but two guys that we actually watched in the postseason and said oh it's gonna be tough to play those guys down the stretch of certain games and their concept was to play them together like that was crazy like we used to even go bare for years uh have these games where they can't put them on the floor or if they, they play them on the floor that like the clippers famously spread out the jazz and just shot them out of the out of the playoffs and then we saw last year against the memphis grizzlies with Cat and his struggles in the postseason, his struggles to guard and saying, oh, man, like, he's your best player. That's going to be tough. And somehow the team will start, hey, if we put these guys together, it will work out. I mean, um, the, the, it didn't make sense at the time, and it looks terrible now. The crazy thing is was that the argument was, listen, it'll be awesome in the regular season. Those two guys will be dominant in the regular season where you can't yeah. pre-game and plan. And, you know, so they'll win 50 games, and then we'll figure it out in the postseason, you know. Now, oh, my God, just a, just a nightmare. Yeah, so T-Wolves um, – Good in the good for them that they have Anthony Edwards, a young star, a guy who looks like he's definitely gonna be one of the better players in this league. That kind of softens the blow a little bit, but losing all those unprotected, um, man, tough, tough break for the T Wolves. Anyway, Knicks T Wolves Monday night at Madison Square Garden. So, uh, speaking of the Knicks and their success this season, um, it is another successful season under President Leon Rose. The team is now 42 and 30, uh, 72 games into the season. That is actually a better record than Leon Rose's first full year of the Knicks when they were 41 and 31, which was their completed record after a shortened season due to uh, COVID pause that kind of, you know, uh, leaped into the next season. Uh, so we're now approaching award season and everybody's talking. And there are Knicks that are up for awards. I'm sure we'll have these conversations. We talked a lot about quickly for six men. I think Tiz for coach of the year is a conversation. Um, but what about executive of the year? Uh, Rose did sign Jalen Brunson to the team. It is one of the most impactful acquisitions in franchise history thus far. Um, he made the trade for Josh Hart at the trade deadline, which has been the most impactful trade that was made at the trade deadline. And Knicks are 12 and three, as Tommy mentioned, since that move. Do you think Leon Rose should be executive of the year? Like I've kind of been banging the drum for a little bit, um, kind of trying to you know, rally cages of Knicks fans and some of these Nick me- NBA media say, hey, look what's happening. Look what Leon Rose has done. And I'm trying to raise this uh, agenda again because 
with the way the Knicks have played with the team that they've built. And again, I look at their roster. I watch the way they played on Saturday and being like, this is a really talented team. Considering uh, all the mistakes Leon Rose made last season in building that team, I feel like he's got to be the guy. I would pick him for our executive of the year right now. Yeah, I'd have to dig in and, and see what, you know, some of the other the cases for the, some of the other contenders are. Um, but make no mistake about it. He is at the very forefront of, of the conversation. Um, you can make a very strong argument. Um, I plan to do so at some point uh, in the near future, just kind of lay out uh, from draft capital to, to picks. Um, some of the questions, some of the moves I questioned myself have really all turned up roses. Um, we thought Jalen Brunson would be good. He's been great. And, you know, whether you want to credit, you know, his father signing on the coaching, whatever happened, you know, whatever, you know, they got yeah. knocked for, for going to watch Mitchell and, and Brunson play and that whatever the, all the stuff that led up to it, um, Rose gets credit for pulling the trigger, getting a deal done. Um, and, and, and making it happen. Um, uh, as you mentioned, arguably the best free agent signing in, in franchise history. Again, very early, but what we're basing it on in terms of executive year is this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Josh Hart trade has been brilliant. Um, no two ways about it. We've, we've mentioned him at the top, how important he's, how he important he's been, how important he will be. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the RJ Barrett contract extension, not a, you know, it doesn't look great right now, but certainly not a cap killer, not an albatross contract. They didn't give him the max um dude is still averaging right near i think it's 19.9 points on the season um even in a down year still productive um and, and finds ways to help the team win um when he's playing efficiently um so yeah i mean just just for the, the isaiah hardenstein has turned uh, has paid tremendous dividends uh over yep. the last 30 plus games or so we struggled a little bit to kind of um figure out how tibbs wants to use them and, and you know get on the same page um and the decision sometimes the best trades you make are the trades you don't sometimes the best trades are the trades you do not make the decision not to trade randall when myself and, yeah. and a lot of us me were, yeah we're calling for him um, to kind of figure out, you know, even if you had to take 75 cents of the dollar, obviously you would have had to essentially sell low on a guy that was a year removed from an all NBA team. Tibbs held firm. Maybe that was because nobody else wanted to touch him. I'm sure that played a part in it, yeah. um, but make no mistake. Um, he didn't, he decided not to, to sell at a discount held on to uh, Julius Randle and Randle has responded with the best season of his NBA career. Um, sum it all up. And you have a, a, a supremely talented roster from top to bottom. And you have to give Rose for uh, constructing that roster. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I don't think there's any way to argue um, that he deserves a big, you know, that he deserves his flowers. Yeah. I mean, when I look at the other candidates I put up against him, I think you look at clearly Kobe Altman of Cleveland. Um, you, you make the, they make the trade for Donovan Mitchell, a team that uh, missed the postseason. They should have made it. They had some injuries last year, but you missed the postseason. You add Donovan Mitchell right now. You're fourth in the Eastern Conference. Big move, change the landscape of the franchise. That's definitely a guy I think is a, a candidate. Um, I think Calvin Booth in Denver, a team they just played, um, some of the ancillary moves they made. They didn't make any big moves, but, uh, you know, bringing in Brown, uh, bringing in, I thought KCP was a spectacular move, and that is certainly uh, paid dividends for sure. I think Booth is up there, and then I think Monty McNair. Um, he hired Mike Brown, great hire, which I love to hire at the time. Um, drafted uh, Keegan Murray, great move. And I know it's a one a year to year deal, so maybe you don't include the Halliburton thing. But in my head, I'm like, look, I mean that Halliburton thing, too, yeah. Like, like, like you got to kind of think about that and think about what Sabonis has been for them now in his first full season with the Kings. So I think those are the candidates and, and, I would say. And the Herder move uh, for second. Yes, and the Herder move, absolutely. I forgot about Herder. 
Big move, absolutely. So to me, those are like your top four candidates. Yeah. I just think when I when I think of Leon, I'm thinking, okay, what was the move that was like the Trump move of all of these moves that were made? And I think Brunson, even over Donovan Mitchell for the Cavs, because the Cavs were a really good team last year, and now they're a really good team this year. You know, yep. like they've improved, but I think a lot of what happened last season were the injuries and the lack of depth. Now you add Donovan Mitchell, now the depth, you, you don't need as much depth. You got guys Mitchell. So certainly that was a big move. But the Knicks, um, they were so rudderless last year. And not only did he make one Trump move, but he made two because he made the signing that put the Knicks in a different position. And then he made the trade, the trade deadline that then says, okay, now the Knicks are at an even different level and they secure their spot into the postseason. So all these guys, tremendous candidates, all having uh, great seasons. I got love of Kobe Altman. He's a New Yorker from Brooklyn. So, um, <laughs> so I always got respect for him there, but I, when I look at that, I say, how do you not pick Leon there? Yeah, I think Mike Brown's going to win Coach of the Year, um, I so and then, so I could I could definitely see the Knicks and Kings finishing one, two in Executive and Coach of the Year. Yeah, so maybe Monty. Brown and Brown finishes first, and Tibbs gets second in Coach of the Year voting, and then maybe um, Leon gets one, and uh, and uh, McBride gets two in the uh, you know in the Executive of the Year, some, somewhere along those lines. Um, but yeah, make no mistake about it, um, huge credit to uh, the Knicks front office um uh, worldwide west and then all the decision yeah. makers that, that that played a part now you know in, in, in making this happen yeah i mean well we we'll see what happens again award season is here we've seen plenty of the conversation about these awards we'll be talking about uh the cases for tiz for close to the year six man of the year and i i mean i think Jalen from most improved player also it's got to be in the yep. conversation as well so uh, we'll be breaking down those uh, awards uh, as we get closer to the end of the season but that's gonna do it for this episode of Orange and Blue Bloods, Tommy lets people know they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can find me, EJ Stewart on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Of course, you can, uh, you can get these episodes of Orange and Blue Bloods wherever you get your episodes of podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. We drop three times a week. This is episode one of this week. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. Get on to the Odyssey Sports Channel. Find our videos there. Make sure you subscribe to WFAN. Our videos will be on there as well. So, Odyssey Sports and WFAN is where you need to subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube. Um, but otherwise, that's going to do it here. So thank you guys so much for checking us out. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.